This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone. Easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends. And then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Steph Will Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we are once again thrilled to be joined by the brilliant, the lovely, the loquacious Bridget Todd. <laughs> Every welcome, time I'm Bridget. on here, I want like... I want to like tape the. I guess I, I guess it's a podcast. I could play it yeah, back, but I want this on my like morning affirmations, this introductions y'all give. I feel like she's now going through like a thesaurus to pick out the words for I you. I try not to use the same words again, yeah. but it's hard. So I do, but I try to add in like a kind of like underdog word. I love that. I like first of all, it. because they're all true. Like everything she says is true about you. But then like the fact that she's trying to like, you know, mix it up a bit. I'm like, what is she going to say today? It's a surprise for me too. <laughs> we got we to gotta mix things up. Well, Bridget, uh, we do always love having you. And the last time we spoke with you, we were, we were kind of talking about sort of the New Year's blues. How how have you been? Have things changed? Anything going on? Uh, so I, that's right. I think when we last talked, I was like deep in the midst of that part of January where you're like, I the holiday's over. I hate everything. Things are kind of, we're kind of turning a quarter. I, I'm much more of a February girl than a January girl. I feel like I, I feel like it's easier to sort of get the swing of what's going on, um, get in the rhythm. The weather is a tiny bit better. Um, yeah. How, how are you all faring at this time of year? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm good. I feel like I'm still in the strange... Oh, wow. February is almost over, which I know is like not a unique take. A lot of people have that. But that's sort of where I am. But I do do a lot of like tent pole traditions so I can Ooh. mark the passage of time. So there was a lot of them recently. 
uh, with like Lunar New Year and then the Super Bowl, Mardi Gras. Like, so I have done a lot of fun things around that that are mostly food related. (laughs) 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 But it does feel, just feels kind of like a a slog, I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, where I'm still... The new year part of like, I want to do something different hasn't left me, but the like tired part of the past year also hasn't left me. <laughs> so it's sort of like a battle. But... <laughs> you're winning. I feel like you're winning the battle. It's fine. I'm trying. It's, you're winning. <laughs> well, I have to ask, did you all watch, speaking of like moments of tent poles, did y'all watch that Super Bowl halftime show? I mean, we're from Atlanta. We have to. <laughs> I was going to say. Oh. Also, Big couple of weeks for Atlanta media, right? Like a lot going on from Atlanta happening right now. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yes. Some good, some bad. (laughs) But yeah, I've I've really enjoyed watching all the videos of like older people watching the halftime show and being like, Atlanta. (laughs) When you were were talking about older people, you were talking about me trying to be like, oh, we know these moves. We got this. We're still, we're still cranking out these moves. Don't start, don't start with me, Annie. No, I still got it. <laughs> it was it really was peak millennial. Like, it was. yeah, it, it If you were of a certain age, you know those moves. You love those moves. Those moves have never left your blood. You <laughs> when know, Luda first, came out. Yes, oh my god, I was going scre- down. I was screaming. I like got up off my couch. It was like, Luda! <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. When everybody thought Jermaine Dupree was CeeLo. A little sad. A little sad about that, that oh, moment. But yeah. we love Jermaine Dupree. Come on. And those <laughs> ruffle socks. Yes. Oh, my. Uh, I think I had to explain because my partner was like, is that CeeLo? I was like, no. That's Jermaine Dupree. How dare you? How dare you? But understandable because then everybody was like, who is this? But yeah, essentially like Atlanta celebrating, also watching all the trial stuff with uh, Fonnie Willis, who like she's becoming, you know, I have a lot of opinions when it comes to Fulton County Superior Court and they all of that, but she's proving herself. I think she's making herself a kind of an icon now at this point, whether uh, she wanted to or not, bless her. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of things happening here. So I think that's the theme of all of us is like a lot of is happening. Yeah. And we're just trying to keep up and enjoy the good things and laugh along with it. <laughs> what else can you do? <sighs> yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> on the flip side of that coin, though, <laughs> there this topic that you're bringing today, Bridget, is something that has for a long time been something I've thought about and the technology has only made it something I think about more and I know we're going to get into it and I have like episodes that we have done that episode we did about uh, journalism in India sticks out my mind but like on the lesser side even just like someone like Carrie Fisher being in a Star Wars movie after she dies there's no she never gave she didn't know that was going to be a thing Uh, so she never gave her permission for it but it's like a huge technology thing that is impacting a lot of our lives and a lot of sectors. So with that, uh, what topic did you bring for us today, Bridget? Yeah, I think it's really time to have a deep dive into deep fakes, um, AI generated and not, not AI generated as well. But, you know, by now, folks have probably heard about those awful Taylor Swift AI-generated deepfake images that circulated on social media 
Um, unfortunately for all of us, Taylor Swift was not the first person to be targeted in that way and most certainly will not be the last. And I know it's one of those issues where like, it's easy to think of it as a celebrity issue because when celebrities are targeted for non-consensual deepfake images, it gets big, splashy headlines, rightly so. But it's important to remember that non-celebrity women and girls, like children, have also been targeted. And it's an issue that does not just impact celebrities like Taylor Swift. It, in fact, impacts all of us, even those of us who, are, who have not been targeted by this kind of thing. Um, and so just as a bit of like housekeeping, you probably hear a lot of words around deep fakes, like deep fakes and cheap fakes and AI. What does it all mean? So the distinctions can be kind of confusing, but I think that they are important. So when we're talking about deep fakes, we are talking about non-consensual images that depict nudity or sexualization. Um, before the rise of AI, people would make these by like old school style, just simply photoshopping somebody's head onto somebody else's body. If you've been on the internet for as long as we have, I'm sure y'all have seen some iteration of this where you're like, this doesn't, something about this image doesn't look quite right. I don't think that <laughs> this did happen the way they're trying to get me to think it did happen. Um, have, have you all ever encountered those? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel embarrassed to say. Wait, did you... Did you make one? Amy? I know. The way the I way just you came across it and I thought it was real. And then my friends were like, that's definitely not real. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm like, did you do a Ryan Gosling thing that we don't know about? Like, Samantha. I don't, I'm just asking. The way you reacted was so, like, shameful. <laughs> I needed don't to know. But call me you know, out like this. I don't know why, but I always think about the Parks and Rec episode, maybe because I'm Asian. But, like, the councilman who was obsessed with Asian pictures would, like, put, uh, like, Christy Yamaguchi's head on a random bathing suit picture. And I, it, was, it was almost like it was not even Photoshopped that it was, like, cut out of a magazine, but it was supposed to be Photoshopped. <laughs> I would think of those for some reason. Like, yeah. that's what pops in my head. Some of them are so bad like that, where it's like, damn, the, the skin tones don't match. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I don't think... Scarlett Johansson has a sleeve tat. <laughs> yet here we are. <laughs> yet here we are. <laughs> so, those, so even before the rise of AI, and we were all talking about AI, those kinds of images were all over the internet. Um, Scarlett Johansson and Emma Watson were two celebrities who have talked about being targeted by those specific kinds of images for decades. So this is not new. There's also what you think of as cheap fakes. That is when an image itself is like technically real and not manipulated but the context is like intentionally misrepresented. A good example of a cheap fake was a few years ago, uh, somebody was passing around an image on social media of a woman, like, like a picture that from her perspective of her in a tub vaping. And if you zoomed way in on a blurry reflection on the faucet, you could see part of her topless body. And so this picture was going around people saying that it was an like a, like a blurry nude image image of a semi-nude Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in the tub. But in actuality, it was not AOC. It was actually a real image of Sydney Leathers. You might remember her. She was the woman who was involved in that texting scandal with former U.S. Representative Anthony Weiner. So the image itself was real. It was a real image of, of Sydney Leathers. However, it being mislabeled as AOC is what makes it a cheap fake, right? So it's exactly what it sounds like, a cheaply manipulated piece of content um, trying to mislead you. So I say all of this to say that like 
even though we're having this conversation because of the rise of AI, it has existed before AI, but AI has really made the whole situation a lot worse because with things like Nudify apps and AI platforms, anybody can make a pretty convincing deep fake of anybody, right? Like if you wanted to make a cheap fake of, of, a, of a girl in your class to extort her, it probably would take a lot of work to come up with a cheap fake or to Photoshop her head on somebody else's body in a way that's convincing. That's no longer the case with AI. And so it's not new, but the speed at which and the ease at which and the effectiveness of doing it, that part is new. And that's why it's such a we're in such a dangerous spot for it right now. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I remember a couple years ago, um, there was kind of an app that was supposed to, like, tell you, oh, if, if this is a fake image or not. And then it turned out that was fake as well. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> so it's just become really difficult to navigate um, our reality and what is real. And as you said, that was already a problem. It has already impacted so many people. But with AI and with these Nudify apps, it has gotten worse. But can you kind of expound upon 
uh, those Nudify apps, for example. Yeah. So, I mean, it's so gross to think, but Nudify apps are apps that promise to generate non-consensual nude images of anyone. These are commercially available, like they advertise, you can go on and you pay money to buy them. And yeah, those apps are unfortunately available and surging in popularity. In last September alone, 24 million people visited undressing websites, according to the social media network analysis company Graphica. In Graphica's analysis, it's actually very interesting. They talked about how we've really seen this shift where these kinds of undressing apps, undressing websites, they used to sort of be these niche, custom, underground things where it's like a small handful of creeps were, would, would, would traffic in them and it, they would have this like kind of underground fringe network. Now these are fully monetized online businesses complete with advertising. So in Graphica's analysis, they talked about how we've really seen this shift where these kinds of apps have moved from like niche underground custom markets with like creeps asking and paying for pictures of of people. Um, Now they are fully monetized online businesses complete with advertising. And so that's really part of the problem too, is that how mainstream these apps have become right now. Yes. And I know we're about to get into this, but that is one of the things I was thinking about with this is like, it's bizarre and horrifying to me how this has become such a weapon. Um, Like, I feel like if it happens to men, it still sucks. It's bad. But it's not like, oh God, your career is ruined. Or, oh God, this, your family is so upset. And there's not really a way, as I said, to prove like this isn't real. And these platforms are making money off of it in some cases. Um, And in other cases, they're just not doing anything about it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so I hate to say this, but a lot of platforms are just kind of allowing it because, you know, again, with this being more of a like fully monetized business, think about all the different platforms and institutions that have to be involved for someone to make a purchase of a Nudify app, a payment processor like PayPal, an app store like a Google Play, a social media platform like a Twitter or a Facebook uh, that advertised that app. And all of these social media platforms have unfortunately advertised for these Nudify apps. And so, and I'm also sad to say that, you know, as you said, like, we are talking about something that can ruin people's reputations, that can mess up their careers, that can create chaos and havoc with their family life, their romantic life, their civic life, their public life. And so I, I hate to say this, but so far, it is the kind of thing where platforms, for the most part, will try to do something and act after the fact. But when you're talking about something that can be so impactful, reactively taking action after the damage has already been done, to me, is not enough. And so what I would want to see is more proactive measures to keep this kind of thing from happening, as opposed to like, oh, well, once there's already non-consensually AI-generated images depicting what is oftentimes essentially like child sexual abuse material, then we'll take it down. And it's like, well, everybody in our school already saw it. Everybody in our school has it on their phones. It's not really a, in my book, it's not really a reasonable response. Right. With all this conversation about uh, censorship with TikTok, especially, and things like that, you would think 
apps like this that actually create porn, that actually create some things that are um, as what Weenie would say were porn, that there there would be conversation about how to regulate that, and also that this would be a conversation about what the power of AI can do before Taylor Swift. Like, there's so many yeah. people, as you've already said, who have gone through this. We uh, we know that there was an incident that happened with Twitch with a lot of fallout with a couple of uh, women creators that were targeted by other creators who just thought it was funny or had their own needs or whatever, and I'm putting that in quotes, and using that against them and almost, like, in ruining these women into the point that they felt like they had to hide, even though it had nothing to do with them. They did nothing but no one's really paying attention to that to this point. I remember the Twitch incident and something that really sticks out at me was, boy, do we need to have a, a real cultural conversation and a cultural attitude shift about the harm that this can be associated with because I still saw people responding with, well, if it's not really her, why does she care? If it's not really her, it's just a picture that's fake. It's just pretend, who cares? And, you know, being a millennial... All of us probably remember how we culturally treated when someone's images got leaked or got hacked. It was such a shameful thing, right? And so it's wild to me that people would go from like 2010 photos being hacked and released and being like, oh, they shouldn't have taken those photos. That's so shameful, blah, blah, blah. And then here in 2024, be like, it's not a big deal. They're they're not real photos. And so I would say that the Twitch incident to me really shows that we need to have a cultural conversation and attitude shift that's like, no, this is real. This is people's real lives, their real reputations. At the end of the day, if you don't consent to be depicted in these images, it is a sex crime. And so it's a very serious thing. It's not something to just brush off. And the women and girls targeted should not be brushing it off. And we shouldn't be reinforcing this attitude that it's not a big deal because it's a violation. Right. And that's kind of that conversation is that obviously because the government hasn't caught up with what could be, it's going to get worse. Oh, yes. This is something that like, I will probably say this five million times in this conversation. Currently, there is no federal legislation criminalizing non-consensual deepfakes, which to me is staggering When we've already, it's, you know, I often am talking about tech harms and I'm like, oh, this could be a harm or like down the line, this could be a harm. We, it's a harm already. There's already been several reports, both in the United States and elsewhere of girls, children, not just being humiliated by non-consensual AI deepfakes, but sextorted where boys in their class will say, if you don't pay me money, I will release these non-consensual AI-generated deepfakes of you to the whole school. And so the fact that we're still sort of, I don't know, spinning our wheels, there's, uh, there's been a couple of lawmakers that are trying to get legislation off the ground. The girls who have been targeted have been very loudly and clearly advocating that we need more legislation. And our kids are at risk. Like we are, we, we are really deeply failing our kids in such a serious way. And I just can't imagine being 13, 14, a middle schooler and having to just shoulder the burden of this kind of violation, a sexual public humiliation. And the lawmakers that are meant to keep us safe are just like spinning their wheels. It's really sad. Yeah. And I think it points to a lot of like, 
Because again, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about like, what does it say if these images get leaked for girls and women and it's so devastating? But what if, if for men, it doesn't necessarily equate to that again? It can, but like also it does lead to things like self-harm and even death. Like this is a really serious thing. And I think we should examine both why it's happening, but both why it is so serious for girls and women. Um, but uh, you also have numbers about how it's, uh, unfortunately, growing. It's uh, worsening as a problem. Yeah. And I think part of why it's worsening is because we haven't done that ex- examination. We haven't really gotten serious about legislation. So it's just like, people like me are like, oh, this is a problem. and then pe- And then the girls that it happens to are like, this is bad. And everyone's like, yep, we agree it's bad. And then no one does anything and it just gets worse. So according to research from independent analyst Genevieve O, the number of new pornographic deepfake videos has already surged more than nine-fold since 2020. At the end of 2023, the top 10 sites offering AI-generated deepfakes posted 114,000 videos. And as you were saying, Annie, just to be clear, like, women and girls are not the only folks who are impacted by this, but it is overwhelmingly women and girls who are shouldering the impact here and the burden of the harm that it causes. According to a study from Deep Trace Labs, 96% of deepfakes are non-consensual sexual depictions of women and girls. And so, yeah, I'm not saying that men are not dealing with this. And, you know, there's plenty to say about the way that technology is harming men and boys. Like, there, there's been a lot of developments in terms of, like, bad actors chatting with boys, like teen boys especially, and then sextorting them and being like, oh, actually, I am a bad actor in the global South, and if you don't give me money, I am going to release these images I took of you to all your friends and family. That is a growing problem. And so certainly, you know, the intersection of sex crimes and technology is something that harms us all. But when it comes to deep fakes, we're really talking about women and girls. It is a gender justice issue. And I think it's one of those issues that really shows how technology and gender can intersect in ways that really keep women and girls from being able to fully and safely show up in online spaces. And increasingly, showing up in online spaces is the same thing as showing up in civic and public and democratic life. And so if you aren't able to show up fully online without being at risk of like AI-generated deepfakes, you are not able to safely and meaningfully show up in public and civic life. Right. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, 
where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. You know, we actually talked about this a little bit with um, our AI episode, the fact that AI, specifically when it comes to um, prompting, goes off of what's on the web, goes Mm -hmm. off of what's out there and available. And even innocent prompts, because that's how people often create these images, um, turn out to be ridiculously offensive and oftentimes very, like, sexual in nature and graphic of women and young girls. Um, And it's not because that's what they prompted is because that's what's available and has been out there and most likely to be at the most popular or whatever, whatnot. And that's a conversation in itself of like, how twisted is the internet and how twisted have we made this internet? I say this very oldly, um, <laughs> but that that's what is immediately seen and immediately brought up, even though that's might not be what they meant to say or not what they were intending to do, which can take you down to a whole different rabbit hole in itself. I remember Real bad, real bad uh, example. But like being younger, loving in sync, and I Google something in sync, and I misspelled the word. It took me to a porn site. I was like, "What? What is this?" And I was so confused as a teenager. But like stuff like that being prompted when something is not even like that harmful of a, a prompt, and it pulls that stuff up because that's so much of the content that's available and that's allowed on the internet that's not been regulated. Everything else could have been regulated. We're not going to talk about, you know, rights, conspiracy things right now necessarily, but there's so many things that uh, you would think would be innocent, but because of the way we may have trained uh, the internet and, again, the people who are in charge and allow the stuff that's on the internet that comes up. And that's part of the problem in itself, that there's too much available content that the people who have controlled it have allowed this to be uh, where we are. If there is one thing that I want people to take away about AI and what it all means from this episode, it is that it is so easy to think of AI as hyper-intelligent robot computer brains, and they're just thinking on their own. That's not true. AI is built by humans. It is trained by humans. Everything that AI does, it is learning from us and the content that we put out there on the internet from what we say, from what we think, from what we do. 
Think about the humans that you know. Humans are biased. Humans have foibles. Humans have flaws. So all of the things that you know humans can have, AI is simply reflecting all of those bi- all of that bias, all of those shortcomings back at us because it learned it from us. And so, yeah, it, it, that's like the like it, AI is not neutral. AI is just spitting back the same biased stuff that we put out there. And so that doesn't surprise me. It's like the same reason why when if, if you are if you ever use one of those AI headshot generators, they'll often if you're a person of color, maybe it'll lighten your skin. Maybe it'll narrow your features. Maybe it'll make you look thinner or make your make you bustier or make your hair longer because it's like, oh, we th- this 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 program has been trained on what's out there and what what they think is like, oh, you want a pretty picture of yourself. That means you want to look like this, right? It do, it's not it's not like AI does AI is just getting that from us, right? Yes. But one of the interesting things that you put together in this outline is some people have tried to stop this. Like we have, we've tried to come in and and make sure that certain things can't happen with AI or, or with deep fakes in general. But people have found their ways around them. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. When you have like motivated creeps who have a lot of time on their hands and are good with technology, they will find a way. And so that's actually how those Taylor Swift images originated in the first place. Those images originated on an alternative messaging platform called Telegram. And this specific Telegram channel was actually kind of like a marketplace for celebrity deepfakes, where users were like requesting and trading deepfake images of celebrities since last year. And so most commercial AI generators do have some safeguards in place to prevent abuse. So like, if you were to ask an AI generator to be like, oh, make me an image depicting a child, um, it's not supposed to do that. However, the people in this particular Telegram group, their whole thing was, I mean, I hate to say it, but like almost like the sport of getting around those guardrails. And so 404 Media did a lot of digging into this and found that like basically the people on this Telegram uh, platform were like trying all these different ways to get around the guardrails that were in place in in Microsoft's AI creation tool called Designer in order to generate deep fakes of specific celebrities. And so if you were to be like, type in Taylor Swift, it's not supposed to generate an image of Taylor Swift that's supposed to be a guardrail. However, these creeps found that if you you put in an input that's like Taylor Singer Swift, then it will, right? And so it's also not supposed to generate images or images that depict sexual activity. But if you say like, oh, generate an image of Taylor Singer Swift eating a hot dog or something like that, something that's like not sexually explicit, but could look kind of sexually explicit. There are all these little ways of getting around it. And yeah, basically, if you are motivated and a creep, you can get around these guardrails pretty easily. And none of this is terribly surprising. It's the same kind of thing that people have been warning is really easy to do for a long time. And even after the Taylor Swift deepfakes really blew up, um, Microsoft tweaked their guardrails to make make this kind of thing less possible. And on that Telegram platform, all you had was people being like, oh, well, let's continue, let's, let's continue to figure out a way to keep doing this. Like, this is like a support for them. They, they, this is something they enjoy doing. The guardrails are only 
for whatever reason, like motivating them to try to figure out ways around those guardrails to continue generating this kind of content. Right. And I remember when this happened because I had... I feel like Twitter has sort of become my Facebook (laughs) where people contact me through DMs on Twitter. And that's like the only time I go to Twitter anymore. And I saw it uh, trending and I was like, oh my God, what has happened? And that's how I sort of learned about this whole thing. And then I read about how they handled it and it wasn't great, right? (laughs) I hated how they handled it. So I guess Twitter realized like, oh my God, these images are everywhere. Taylor Swift is a huge figure. We got to do something. And so what they did was they tried to block people from being able to search Taylor Swift's name temporarily. Although just putting quote marks around her name allowed people to search the name. So they didn't even do that very... Even the method of dealing with it that I thought was so bad, they didn't even really do that effectively. So hated that. But I even kind of bigger than that, the reason why I hate this approach is that it makes it seem like Taylor Swift has done something wrong, right? Now, Taylor Swift is a billionaire. She's huge. I don't think people are, like, forgetting who she is if she's not, if you're not, a, if you're not able to search her name on Twitter temporarily. But because, just because she has been the target of this, like, sexual humiliation campaign, why should, that, why should she have to have her name blocked on social media search? And what if this happened to somebody who wasn't as famous, right? It's basically like saying the only way to keep you safe in these online spaces is to obscure your presence there. And as I said, participation in online platforms is like pretty much linked with how people show up socially, politically, civically, democratically in 2024. And so saying that like, oh, we need to obscure your presence there is basically marginalizing women in these online spaces where we are already marginalized. And so I just really don't think, like, philosophically, I feel like I have a problem with that as a way of handling it. Yeah, and specifically on Taylor, the fact that 20% of conservatives believe that Taylor Swift is a plant by Biden. Monmouth, I believe that's how you say it, just released a poll last week that it was one out of five people think that's 18%. So your numbers aren't far off. Yeah, 18% of people believe that she is being propped up Right. I guess to help the Democrats win? Like, I'm not even sure. I kind of lose the thread. It's just (laughs) what I saw today, the headline was that 20% believe that Taylor Swift is a Biden plant, uh, specifically for the election year. And I'm like, she's always existed. I don't understand what's (laughs) happening. Not always, but like for the last 35 years, she's been here, (laughs) so I don't understand. The Uh, foresight this would have taken for the the Biden administration. He's only in his first term. Like the foresight it would have taken. (laughs) So it makes me wonder how far will they go to try to keep her off social media if she was truly, if they truly believe this about her. And is this going to be my conspiracy theory that the, the, the the right is trying to get rid of Taylor before election season? (laughs) So I, I, I'm with you. So first of all, people need to know that like, this is not just like fringe, like fringe people who are saying this. People as big as former Republican presidential candidate uh, Ramaswamy, he took to Twitter to like amplify this conspiracy theory, right? So this is obviously something that like people, not just like randos on the internet are saying, but I do think like... It's hard to talk about because I don't want to, like, give the images more oxygen. But have, I, when I did an episode on the deep fakes, I, I had to confirm that they were still, like, available on Twitter. And so I could say, like, oh, as of, t- as of this taping, they're still up. So I, I looked for them. I had to see them. And 
I can tell you that the images, they're football-themed. I guess I'll put it that way. They, they, they depict Taylor Swift at a football game. And so, you know, everybody on the planet knows that she's dating um, the player from the from Kansas City. Kind of like, don't even get me to trying to talk about sports. But, and so, <laughs> and she's been in the news for like, being at the games and the games cutting to her and blah, blah, blah. And so I believe that the reason those images depict her at a football game is that it's they're meant to not just sexually humiliate her. They're meant to like take her down a peg as a person. And so I, I think that there's clearly something going on with Taylor Swift to have these conspiracy theorists be targeting her in this way. But those images really solidified something for me that like, oh, whoever made these, it is about humiliating her and taking her down a peg because of something that she represents, right? Like, I, I can't get into their head, so I don't know what it is exactly, but, like, those, the images, it was really, really clear to me that somebody was really leveraging visual rhetoric to make that point. Yeah. And it's it's very interesting in general when it comes to AI because the level of opportunity that people take to make the worst possible things that you just realize, like, what's what's the point in this? And with that, because it crosses such boundaries that things that exist that would be art, that, you know, nudity in itself is not porn. We don't, like, if we need to be very honest, like, when we had this conversation about loving our bodies and being open with our bodies and and why are we, like, discriminating against women's breasts versus, versus men's mm-hmm. chest, you know, like, stuff like that. Those are real conversations that have to have, but because of these boundaries that get crossed, that you have to ban all of it. And so it makes it feel like everything is dirty once again. It's kind of like that old problem of trying to differentiate, you no, know, this is a violation versus this is a personal right. Like, like, it's, it's such a hard place. Totally. And I, I can speak to that because as we're having this conversation about using AI to take women's clothes off non-consensually, there's also a conversation happening online where right-wing trolls are using AI to do the reverse, to women who consensually want to show up online, you know, wearing bikinis or being in various stages of undress. They are taking, they are u- taking those images and using AI to put clothes on them, to remove their tattoos, to remove their, like, purple hair and give them more natural hair color, to put children around them, to sort of demonstrate, like, oh, this is... And and unless you're thinking... You might be thinking, like, oh, they're doing this to, aff- to affirm these women, to be like, here's what you would look... You would look so beautiful like this. It is very... E- even if that's what you thought, that would be f***ed up. But that's not what they're doing. They're doing this to shame and humiliate these women. And so, ultimately... It is really not even really about the nudity and the sexuality. It is about taking away women's agency, taking away their autonomy over their own body, reinforcing the attitude that says women cannot be trusted to or do not deserve to have their own choices about how they depict their own bodies. And so even if you're someone who wants to show up nude online, they will take that choice away from you. So ultimately, in my book, this is really the, the, the nudity and the sex is like, happenstance, the real thing here is like taking away the agency and humiliating the woman in the process. Right, right. And again, the fact that it's, this has been happening and this continues to happen to people every day. And it's it's not just Taylor. It just happens to be Taylor was the biggest name that people could focus on, right? Exactly. So this actually happened before this happened to Taylor. It happened to teen Marvel star Social Gomez. And so before the Taylor Swift deepfakes made their way to Twitter, Gomez, who is a minor, 
was also targeted with deep fake images that flooded Twitter. And so the sad part is, is like, it sounds like to me, Twitter just didn't do anything. And, and I hate to say this, but like, it sounds like that because Gomez isn't as famous, she's a woman of color. It sounds like they just like didn't really do anything. In a podcast interview, she said, it made me weirded out and I didn't like it. I wanted it taken down. That was my main thought process. Take this down, please. It wasn't because I felt like it was invading my privacy, more like it wasn't a good look for me. This has nothing to do with me. And yet it's on here with my face. And what's really sad is that she basically was like, I talked to Twitter and they didn't do anything. Uh, And she's basically had to like make personal peace with the fact that the images are out there and that they always will be out there. They're out there now, right? And so she said, nothing good comes from thinking about it. I put my phone down, do some skincare. I go hang out with my friends something that will help me forget what I saw. And keep in mind, she's 17. She is a minor. This is illegal child sexual abuse material on Twitter, and nobody is doing a thing to take it down. It's still up today. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in, for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Going back to your point about like we have to exist online uh, for so many things, 
you know, if you're in a movie, she was in this big Marvel movie. And then a part of being in that is promoting online. And then this is what happens. And like, why would you want to participate in that? Why would you? And that damages your career prospects, like the the publicity of it, the promotion of it. But it's also like, who could blame her? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And the data is really clear that this kind of threat is keeping women out of public eye. And so whether it's a movie, whether it's running for office, whether it's being a teacher, whether it's working at the polls, this kind of thing, women are smart enough to be like, if this is what it's going to mean, if this is going to be the cost of being a, a, a participating in civic and public life, I don't want to pay that cost. And that's so when I say that it's not just about celebrities or it's not just about A-listers or whatever, it is harming us all because we will not have the representative democracy that we all deserve if women and girls cannot fully show up in public and civic life. And the data is very clear that threats like this are keeping them from doing exactly that. Right. And you have uh, some some examples that are pretty heartbreaking about this, yes. It is so heartbreaking. Like, this is really just an issue where we, the adults and the people who are supposed to be in charge, are just failing our kids. So this is only a, a handful of, of times this has happened across the country and across the globe. It's happened a lot. And so if I was going to list every instance, we would be here all day, unfortunately. But this year, a school district in Aurora, Colorado, released the names of schools involved in a sextortion investigation, which included two middle schools, children. The police say that in six instances, students reported being the direct target of sextortion schemes after being contacted by the suspect or suspects through Instagram. In dozens of others, students received unsolicited invitations to pay to join a close friends list on Instagram where sexually explicit material had been posted. So essentially what they're describing is a marketplace where kids are either being invited to join this close friends list to see sexually explicit AI-generated deepfake content or being extorted to keep that content from being shared. Earlier this year, New Jersey high schooler Francesca Manny, a teenage victim of non-consensual sexually explicit deepfakes, joined Representative Joe Morrell to share her story and to advocate for a bipartisan bill that would criminalize the sharing of such material at the federal level. And so at her high school, boys in her school, they made these deepfake images of about 30 other girls in her class. And she was like, nah, I'm not having this. And so has been advocating for legislation to change this. The bill, called the Preventing Deepfakes of Intimate Images Act, was first referred to by the House Judiciary Committee back in December of 2022. But so far, no further action has been taken. So this bill would criminalize the non-consensual sharing of sexually explicit deepfakes and create a right of private action so that the victims depicted in these images would be able to sue the creators and distributors of that material while also remaining anonymous. Under this law, the damages of sharing deepfaked images without consent could go as high as $150,000 and imprisonment of up to 10 years if sharing these images facilitates violence or impacts the proceedings of a government agency. Um, Francesca's story is really heartbreaking. Again, these boys in her class were generating and trading these deepfaked nude images of her and about 30 other students uh, back on October 20th. And Manny has been really advocating and telling her story. She says, the issue is pretty black and white. No kid, teen or woman should ever have to experience what I went through. I felt sad and helpless. 
I'm here standing up and shouting for change, fighting for laws so no one else has to feel as lost and powerless as I did on October 20th. The glaring lack of laws speaks volumes. Our voices are our secret weapon and our words are like power-ups in Fortnite. My mom and I are advocating to create a world where being safe isn't just a hope, it's a reality for everyone. And I really, it's hard for me because Francesca sounds amazing and sounds incredible and I applaud what she's doing, but she shouldn't have to be doing this. She is a child. She is a kid. She should be getting ready for prom and like making Taylor Swift bracelets or whatever and or like, you know, having fun with her friends. She should not be having to advocate with lawmakers to get laws on the books that don't exist to keep kids like her safe. And so we are really failing our kids. We are taking away their childhood. We are saying this is a we are normalizing this as something they have to shoulder. Meanwhile, people are getting rich off of it. People are making money from it. It is so heartbreaking to me. Right. And I feel like for, you know, (laughs) us from a, a different time, I remember you just post things on social media and you didn't think like one day this could be used. You didn't think one day this could ruin my life or I'm going to have to be fighting for some kind of legislation. So I think it's ridiculous that we expect younger people to, because I've seen that argument before of like, well, just don't post anything. I'm like, well. <laughs> right. And then we talked about the families who put their children on not thinking about this. I know this is maybe not the, like, they, they did this very, like, innocently, just talking about their children because they don't think about the perpetrators that are out there, the the perverted individuals who will take whatever image they may find and use it to the way they please. Um, and that's part of the problem is that because people didn't realize this could be a thing, and now here we are, and there's all this content available for them to use and manipulate for people who just wanted to share a joyful moment. Yeah, I hate it. Like, I, having researched this a lot, I know the very real dangers involved in posting minors on social media, even if you're doing it innocently. And so I would really urge anybody who is a parent or a guardian of a child, if you are a grown-up of a kid, really do some deep research into the threats that exist it doesn't mean that you don't have to, that you can't share your kid, your pictures of your kid with their friends and family. There are ways to do it safely. I would urge anybody to do a deep look into that. And if folks want help, I am happy to help. I don't, I don't want to make it seem like I'm like preaching or blaming. So reach out to me. I'm happy to help. But the point is, it's like, it sucks that you would have to do that. It sucks that you cannot innocently post a picture of yourself or your kid without this happening. And so I will be the first person to agree that, like, you shouldn't have to be thinking about it that way. And when you show up online, whether you're posting selfies or whatever, you shouldn't have to wonder if your innocent selfie is just another data point for somebody to misuse and create an image of yourself that you didn't consent to. It is it is such a messed up dynamic that we... that. But my worry is that as messed up as it is, it is becoming, it is becoming quickly the norm. And... I don't want to fast forward 10 years later and have, you know, it be a a rite of passage for a high school girl to have boys in her class circulate non-consensual deepfake images of her 
that she had nothing to do with. I don't, and I'm worried that that's what's going to happen in 10 years time. It's just going to be another milestone. And now is the time, actually the time to pump the brakes and examine this was about 10 years ago, but we can still do it now. And it's not too late to figure this out. And I, I worry, so I just really worry that we're not doing it. Because, and, and that teenagers like Francesca are going to have spent their teen years advocating for something and no change will happen. We owe it to people like Francesca to actually do something. Do not have her spend all of this energy at her young age and have that be for nothing. Absolutely. And again, like this impacts so much because it impacts all of us um, who are not in any way famous, but it also, as we talked about in that episode about journalism in India, it impacts like what gets reported because people get threatened. It impacts like people showing up. It impacts people wanting to run in politics. Like it is, it's something in the back of our minds and it shouldn't be. <laughs> like that shouldn't be a thing, but it is. Um, but there are things that listeners can do, yes? There are. So this is a tough issue. It's one of those issues where I get very frustrated because I'm like, I am not a lawmaker. What can I do? I'm a podcaster. All I can do is make podcasts that are very shouty about it. And boy, do I. But, and so I, I, I don't want it to be all doom and gloom because there are things that folks can do. I would say make sure that you're following people, a lot of whom are women and women of color, who have really been advocating to make AI safer for a long time. Women like Dr. Joy Bolongui, who we just did an interview with on my podcast, There Are No Girls on the Internet, who has been talking about the threats that AI poses specifically to marginalized people for a really long time. Check out her advocacy organization, the Algorithmic Justice League. And so, and also know that there is movement on this, right? Because of the advocacy of people like Dr. Joy Bolongui, you know, the Biden administration released that executive order, putting some guardrails on AI um, a couple of months ago. And as I said, um, lawmakers like Representative Joe Morrell and Representative Yvette Clark have legislation and have introduced legislation that would criminalize deepfakes. And so there is some movement, like people are trying to do stuff. But I would also say, like, really see this issue as a real issue. Like, I think this is an issue where we where it's going to take legislative solutions and policy solutions and platform solutions, but also cultural solutions, right? Don't normalize this. Really, if, if, if someone you know is being targeted or, or, if, or it comes up, like if someone you're talking to is talking about those Taylor Swift deepfakes, make sure they understand that it is a violation and it is a, it is a sex crime and that it's not just a funny picture to be laughed about or looked at or traded around. I think that we, in the absence of lawmakers kind of getting it together and, and moving on federal legislation, we can institute cultural change the same way that like the Me Too movement really got people talking about gender-based violence and sexual violence, the same way that Black Lives Matter got people thinking about racial justice. We need to have the same kind of cultural shift in how we talk about these kinds of technology-facilitated harms like deepfakes. Yeah. Oh, once again, Bridget, I have so many other things I want to talk to you about. But <laughs> well, I'll alas. come back anytime. Oh, alas. Yes. Oh, <laughs> there's so many things. Um, our time is up for now, though. But how can the good listeners find you? Well, you can listen to my podcast. There are no girls on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at Bridget Marie and on Instagram at Bridget Marie in DC and on TikTok at Bridget Makes Pods. 
Yes. And again, listeners, if you have not done those things, please go do them. Thank you so much, Bridget. We're still trying to hang out uh, yes. in real life. We're do it. TBD. Stay tuned, listeners. Yes. In the meantime, listeners, if you would like to contact us, you can. Our email is Stephanie and MomStuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff One Never Told You. We have a tea Public store and we have a book you can get wherever you get your books. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is production by iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or if you listen to your favorite shows. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.